Good evening. This may be a little bit ambitious, but we are going to go and do an overview of the Psalms tonight. So if you want to get out your Bibles and turn to the Psalms, don't worry, we're not going to read 150 Psalms tonight. But we are going to try to do an overview of this book. It's a pretty easy book to find compared to the last few books we've been doing an overview of. Psalms is is a fairly large book, but... uh, You can be turning to Psalm 1 if you want to and just kind of be looking. We're not going to be reading a whole lot of the Psalms tonight, but you can can look around at where I'm at as I'm going through and as I'm mentioning stuff if you would like to. Um, As Christians, we're supposed to be people who are connected to God. Uh, We're supposed to be people who have a heart that is tied to God's heart, uh, like David is, uh, a man after God's own heart. Uh, But sometimes we struggle to... Uh, be that, have that connection. Sometimes we struggle to remember the Lord when times are good. It just slips our mind. And sometimes we struggle to remember the Lord when times are bad. He's not necessarily the first one we go to in either case, uh, whether it's good or bad. But sometimes we do remember the Lord, but we just don't even know how to approach Him. We don't even know what to say to Him or how to to express the thoughts and the feelings that are going on inside of us. Uh, There's many here I know who have gone through tremendous suffering in the last uh, five years of your lives and and dealt with a lot of pain and a lot of struggles. And and just think back to those times and think about how hard it is to, to express our feelings and our frustration. Sometimes we get frustrated and we take out our frustrations on those around us. And, and, and we know that's not right. We know that there's a way that we're supposed to handle our emotions and our feelings and the things that are going on, but we just don't really know where to turn. I want to recommend to you uh, tonight that the book of Psalms is the answer. God knows what we're going through. He, he created us and He knows everything about us. And He was so gracious to us to provide us with a book that is 150 chapters uh, that's full of this kind of information, thoughts, feelings, emotions that help us uh, tremendously. So we're going to be studying tonight. What I want to do is to get an overview of the Psalms. It's really hard because it's so big and there's so much in there. It's really hard to kind of just focus in on, on one thing uh, and, and really get everything that's in there at the same time. So we can, we can get a big picture point of view of what it's about, but walk away not really knowing what all's in there. And I want all of it. I want you to know the big picture and I want you to know the details for your own study as you look at this book and your future devotion uh, to God. So we're going to look at the book in three overviews, and I'm going to try to summarize as much as I can to make sure that we're not here for you know two hours or anything like that. But uh, hopefully to where we all walk out of here understanding what the Psalms are and why we want them and why we need to study them, why God has given them to us. So three different ways to summarize the Psalms. First of all, uh, as we look at the Psalms, we notice, and as we study, this is like a songbook. And this is the way it's often referred to. It's like a, a songbook that the, the Jews would have used in the Old Testament as they came together to worship. This was their songbook and their prayer book. It also has 
prayers in there that they would be using as they came together to worship at the temple or wherever it is that they worship. And and as you look through the Psalms and as you're reading through there, you're going to notice two basic categories, kind of overarching categories. People like to subdivide and get it down further and further, but there's really two different types of Psalms. There's lament Psalms where the, the author is lamenting or upset about how bad things are in life and how, how rough it is. And then there are songs of praise. And see, this kind of fits with our two different scenarios, right? The blessings uh, that we're receiving, how do we respond to those blessings? The, the, the hard times, how do we respond in those hard times? God gives us all of that in these two different types of psalms. L- l- lamentation and praise. Uh, we, we, we need this. This helps us to express ourselves as we read these words and we understand the expression of the psalmist as he reveals his feelings, his thoughts. We learn how we need to feel, how we need to think toward God and about our own life. Now, I'm not saying that everywhere in the Psalms we need to emulate what David says or does, but as we see... He's, he's, he's open and honest about his feelings in a way that really helps us to develop how our thoughts and feelings need to be. Uh, and, and the further we go, the more that we learn, the more that we understand that David is maturing throughout the Psalms and, and, and developing a better understanding of how he needs to think and how he needs to feel. I like the way John Piper put it. He said that the Psalms carry, express, and shape our feelings and emotions. They carry, they express, they shape our feelings and emotions. This is the way that we need to view the Psalms from the biggest perspective, just looking down, what are these Psalms? What are they really all about? This is what we see, that they carry, they express, and they shape our feelings and emotions. Listen to the types of of feelings that are in the Psalms. There's loneliness, awe, sorrow, regret, Remorse, discouragement, shame, triumph, marveling, delight, joy, gladness, fear, anger, peace, grief, desire, hope, brokenheartedness, gratitude, zeal, pain, confidence. It goes on and on and on. Every human emotion, every human feeling, it seems, is being expressed by these psalmists and and helping us to see that this is the human experience. This is what it means to go through life on this earth, that we have emotions, that we have feelings, that we are, that make us who we are, that help us to understand God and ourselves, our, our theology, uh, who God is, what God has done, and, and our way of feeling toward God. What is our heart supposed to be? How are we supposed to feel toward God? The Psalms are an excellent place to go to get this understanding of these things. It's not just a songbook. It's deeper than that. We have we have songbooks here at the building that has psalms in it, but they're not inspired like the psalms are inspired. And so the words of these psalms are very instructional for us. They help to refine us, to make us into better people who are more connected to God than we've ever been before. 
But let's go a little bit deeper. God wants us to understand not just what the Psalms are from this big, big picture view, but He wants us to understand some very important themes as we study this book. And He wants us to understand the overall message of the Psalm and get that deeply inside of us. So how does He lay that out? Well, the Psalms were actually written or compiled uh, in the time of the exile. They were written... uh, probably going all the way back to Moses' time. So 3,500 years ago, all the way to 2,500 years ago, around the time of the exile, when they composed all the Psalms together into the book we now have. And the Septuagint gave us the first version of that. So as we see this Psalm being composed, what we notice is that the way it's composed is trying to help us to see certain ideas in the book. If you look at the Psalms in the first two chapters, we see some very important themes that are going to continue throughout the rest of the book. Two themes. Each chapter has a theme. Uh, He says, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, if you summarize that first that first psalm. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. The idea here is that those who listen and do what the law says, the first five books of the Old Testament, those who listen and do and obey the law are, are, are actually blessed by God. That's the first theme that we see in this psalm is that the man who delights in the law of the Lord will be blessed by God. It's a big idea of the Psalms. He comes back to it over and over again as we continue, as you look throughout the Psalms. This is the idea. The one who walks in the way that the Word of God shows him, God blesses. Now, he's going to struggle with that. He's going he's to analyze that thought in his Psalms. And sometimes he's going to say, it doesn't look like this is happening at all. <laughs> the wicked are the ones who seem blessed uh, in the eyes of the Lord. Those who disobey the law seem like they're the ones who are better off. But God points out over and over again that actually it's not the case. And the psalmist comes to that conclusion throughout the book. That the one who delights in the law of God, he is the one who the Lord blesses. And that's a very important theme throughout the psalm. And then Psalm 2 tells us that the nations are going to rage against the Lord and His anointed, but the Lord reigns. This is the second major theme of this book. The Lord reigns. It may seem like, again, that the Lord's not in control. It may seem like everything is going into chaos, but we know, and you see the song come to this conclusion, that the Lord reigns. That He has set up His anointed over the kingdoms of the earth and that He will destroy the enemies that, that have risen up against Him and against His anointed. Again, this is a picture we see throughout the book. And we'll see a little bit more about that later. So, these are the two themes of the book. But what is the overall message of this book? What do these themes really help us to learn? Well, blessed is the man who delights in the law of God. Obviously, we need to be the man who delights in the law of God. Uh, the Lord reigns. Obviously, we need to submit to His authority. But these two things are pointing us to what the end of the Psalms is all about. It's organized with these two Psalms at the beginning to help us understand those themes moving forward. But at the end of the Psalms, you have five Psalms that are full of praise the Lord. Okay, 
Praise the Lord at the very first of the verse in chapter 40, uh, 46. And at the end of the, the chapter, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord at 147. Praise the Lord at the uh, beginning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Over and over again. Praise the Lord. And we see this transition throughout the book from lamentation and struggle to praise. Praise the Lord. That this is what is supposed to result because God has given us the law that we might understand and that we might be blessed. And He is the one who is in control and able to suppress the enemies of His people and to bless them. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for all His works. All of His deeds are good. And these are all, for us, foundational principles for Christians to understand. So as we see that this is the, these are the themes and that this is the message of the psalm, we see this book is very applicable to us because we're supposed to be to the praise of His glory. We're supposed to be people who are constantly praising the Lord, understanding that if we delight in His Word, He blesses us and that He is the one that is in control. These are important messages for us in our own studies. But as we go a little bit deeper to understand everything that's in these psalms, all the things that are in between the beginning and the end, we notice a little bit more that there's five books in this psalm. If you go back to Psalm 1 and you look before the first verse, he says, Book 1. Okay. So to get a picture of the psalms in our mind, It's important to see the beginning, it's important to see the end, but it's also important to see the organization of it. These psalms are actually intended to be understood in in some specific order. There's been a lot of of struggle to figure out what what is this order really all about. And I think recently they've come up with some ideas that make a lot of sense, and I want to share those to you. Because if you just read through these psalms, you see some very important images and a very important progression as you go from one book to the next. There's five books of the Psalms. It's very interesting. There's five books uh, of the Torah, of of the law, and now there's five books of praise and exaltation. uh, With the first book spanning from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 41. And throughout the first 41 chapters, what do you see? You see David saying over and over again, What's going on, Lord? You know, my enemy is rising up against me. He's pressing against me. Over and over again, we see lamentation psalms at the first 41 chapters. The nations are raging against David. Psalm 2 is being fulfilled. And, And David is being delivered. In all of these psalms, he's he's the one who is being saved by the Lord because he is the Lord's anointed and God is going to deliver him. And that's the picture that we get in the first 41 uh, psalms. Uh, And and it's interesting, it ends in Psalm 41 with uh, a summary of Psalms 1 and Psalm 2. The idea of blessed is the one who considers the poor, blessed is the one who is righteous, who does what God wants. And then at the end... Uh, the idea that God delights in Him. Uh, there is a delight in the one who is obeying His Word and who is uh, His anointed, and that the enemies will not triumph over Him. So the picture of the first book, we can kind of understand it as really a description of how God is fulfilling Psalm 2, 
with David as the Lord's anointed. There's a ton of Davidic Psalms in the first 41 Psalms. Okay, so that's the that's kind of the foundation that this that these books are built on. And then chapter 42, we get to book two. And what's interesting about this is it, it transitions to other people. It goes from Psalms of David to Psalms of the sons of Korah. And then there's Psalms of Asaph. And then there's more Psalms of David. And they're saying essentially the same thing as the first book. But what we see is instead of an individualistic tone in these psalms. There's a national kind of a tone in these psalms as they are, are, are upset about the nations raging against the nation of Israel and God uh, calling for God to rise up and destroy their enemies. So it's an interesting transition, but still the same kind of message. God is, God is delivering His people. God is delivering His anointed. And they are resulting in praise toward God over and over again, all the way till we get to chapter 72. So Psalm 72 is is a very important psalm. This is a transitional psalm. Okay, If you go to Psalm 72, you look up at the top, it says, of Solomon. And and that's interesting because you're like, well, is this a psalm by Solomon or a psalm about Solomon? Well, it seems like it's a psalm that's about Solomon because this psalm is all about David asking God to make Solomon the ultimate king. To make him the king that rules over all the nations of the earth. To make him the king that reigns forever and ever. Verse 15, long may he live. The idea is he wants Solomon to be the one who God fulfills the the 2 Samuel 7 promise to. Okay? You're familiar with the covenant of David in 2 Samuel 7. Psalm 72 seems to be David trying to, to promote Solomon as the one whom God is going to continue to, to bless the nation through. That's essentially what the anointed does. He allows for great prosperity and leads the people down the path they ought to go. So that's the end of Psalm 2. And whenever we get to Psalm 3, we see a crisis develop. Things just start to fall apart because it seems like there's there's no anointed one anymore. Psalm 88 and 89 really point to that. But Psalm 73 is just questioning uh, the the wicked are being blessed. The righteous are, are suffering. This doesn't make any sense to me, God. We see this crisis develop in all of these psalms that... That everything's falling apart. And it seems as though God has gone against His covenant with David and is no longer uh, you know, lifting up His anointed. And there is no longer an anointed one. And, and the people are, are suffering and they're calling out to God, asking God for help throughout all of these psalms until we get to uh, book 4, which is Psalm beginning with Psalm 90. And then we start to see another transition. But if you notice at the beginning of book 4, verse uh, chapter 90, it says, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. It's an interesting transition going on. What is that about? Are we going back in time? Well, yes. They're going back in time to remember the days when there wasn't a king over Israel, but when God was their king. What we see in this fourth book over and over again is the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The the image is there. And many times he says it, chapter 97, verse 1, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. The, The picture is there throughout all these psalms. And the idea is 
we don't have an anointed anymore. We're in crisis and then transitioning to, but the Lord still reigns because He's always reigned. He is the one who brought us out of Egypt. He is the one who has control over the nations of the earth. You see this picture of the people being established in their faith and in their belief that even though they don't see an anointed one over Israel, the Lord is still in control. The Lord still reigns. Psalm 2 and Psalm 1 are still in effect. It's a beautiful transition from a a time of great grief and distress to a time when they start to praise God anyway. That they're going to be faithful. That they're going to do what the Lord wants them to do. And then the final psalm is this great crescendo. As we see in in chapter 107 and following, that God is steadfastly loving His people forever. That God is a faithful God, faithful to His Word. And then, then we see some hints that the anointed is coming. God is going to provide His anointed one and He will crush His enemies. Uh, Psalm 110, uh, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Once again, David comes into the scene and making it very clear that God is in control and that God is, is ruling through His anointed one yet again. And He is also being faithful. We see Psalm 1 pictured to His Word uh, in chapter 19, 119. Right? The, the largest chapter in all the Bible. What's it about? Delighting in the Word of God. Because blessed is the one who delights in the Word of the Lord. And that's the picture of Psalm 119. And then following that, we have Psalms of Ascent, where Israel is is traveling up the mountain to rejoice and to praise the Lord and to feast for the Lord. Over and over again, there's Psalms of Ascent. And there's some struggle uh, in, in dealing with things and some kind of lamentation psalms, but they're not really. They're really praise psalms that, that even though life is tough, we will praise the Lord. And that's the picture as, as we go through the rest of these psalms. This is, this is the five books. And you can kind of see the progression of ideas throughout these different five books of, of what all's going on. Just kind of a summary of the content in each of those books. I hope that helps you. But let's think about for a second the value of the anointed one. Now that we've seen that the anointed one is given such emphasis in this book, uh, we see that They lose their king for a time. But he returns in this grand fashion. And we we start thinking about that a little bit. And understanding, you know, we we talked a little bit about Cyrus, the anointed one this morning. But David is the anointed that's been pictured. and, And David is essentially the messianic image for us to understand. So all of this is really alluding to Christ. Christ is the ultimate anointed one. And and whenever Christ comes onto the scene, He is being referred to by the Psalms over and over again because He is the one who fits the mold of David throughout the Psalms. He is the Son of God. We just talked about that in our studies of Hebrews. Hebrews uses Psalms over and over again. And we see Jesus use Psalms over and over again to make arguments about Himself. He is the Son of God. That yeah, We just read, the Lord said to my Lord uh, that He is greater than David, that He is over David. Uh, in Psalm 22, He pictures His own suffering. And, and basically using that to say, this is all about me. What's interesting as we study this a little bit more is what we see. 
these psalms as they picture someone who is suffering greatly, but someone who is going to praise the Lord anyway. They're picturing for us Jesus. Over and over again, they're picturing for us Jesus. Jesus who knows the Lord. Jesus who is connected to the Lord. Jesus who is enduring great trials and suffering in His life, but who knows that the Lord still reigns. And who knows that the Lord blesses those who do His Word and and who live by the Word of the mouth of of God. That's the picture for us of, of the Anointed One throughout all of this is that this is Jesus over and over again. Jesus fits all of these. You can imagine Jesus saying almost every psalm. There's some where He confesses His sins and that's obviously not Jesus. Jesus doesn't confess sins because He doesn't have sins. But over and over again, we see the struggle of David and and the struggle of all man as Jesus, as we just learned this morning. He was human. He endured the suffering. He endured the trials that we went through. But he remained faithful. And that's that's the power of the Psalms. We see we need the Psalms for our suffering, for our struggling. We need to hear these words of of David, these words of our anointed one, who is enduring but still remains faithful, who still trusts in the Lord. We fit into book two. And and this book helps us to understand that we are the ones who are supposed to be singing God's praise as we deal with our sufferings in a godly way. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to, to, to suffer and struggle in this life, but to still put our trust and our faith in Him and still turn to Him and praise His name in the hard times. He wants us to deal with all these feelings, these emotions that we go through. And, and it's okay to have them, and, and we see David have them. It's okay to have them, but to eventually turn and to mature and get to the point where we understand that the Lord still reigns and that He is the one who, who, will, who will ultimately deliver us in the end. These psalms give us confidence to stay on the right path even when it doesn't seem like that's the best idea. Uh, everyone around us is turning a different way. Uh, Everyone around us is forsaking the Lord. Everyone is turning against us for what we're doing. And God gives us this to, to ensure us, to give us confidence and trust that the Lord is with us, that He is helping us, that He loves us, that He wants to deliver us, and that in the end, He absolutely will. The psalmist come to this determination over and over again so that we can see that's what we're going through in our lives and God will deliver us. Uh, ultimately, when this life is over, and even in this life, from our suffering, from our struggles, we can go to the Psalms and we can find Christ's suffering. Uh, and and we, we are trying to praise God, receive glory, and encourage those around us just as Christ is. He's suffering with us. He's praising God. He's receiving glory. He's encouraging us. He's helping us to mature, to, to grow, and to understand The God whom we serve is greater than anything else that this life has to offer. We see 150 psalms telling us that lamentation can turn into joy and that doubt can turn into praise. That's what these psalms are all about. That's the picture of the book of Psalms. That no matter how hard, no matter how bad things get, 
we can rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, we can rejoice. Because we have a God who loves and cares for His people. A God who is willing to do what we need most and allows us to go through suffering that we might use that suffering to be to the praise of His glory. And that's what our lives are all about. So as we understand the book of Psalms, and we think about ourselves, we start to understand that this book is going to help us to grow more connected to God as we go through the hard times. And it's going to help us to express ourselves as we go through the good times. As God blesses us, as we overcome the struggles in our lives, we're going to see that God is with us, that God is helping us. And that we can be to the praise of His glory. We can praise His name in song. We can praise His name in our prayers. We can praise His name by telling what He has done to those around us. And we can praise His name by putting our faith and our trust in Him when life does not go our way. That's the book of Psalms. We see in this the grace of God and the love of God that He has shown toward His anointed that He might show grace to all His people through the anointed one. And we have Christ to to guide us through this life, to show us how to be faithful. And we are encouraged to do the same thing. Do you understand your need for God and your need for the Anointed One in your life? Do you understand your need to be connected to God on a deeper level than just the surface level where we just come to church and we just see one another and we just say that we're Christians but that we actually have a heart that loves God? If you don't understand that, and if you're not, you're not quite grasping all these concepts and ideas about how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I encourage you to open up your Psalms and start reading and start feeling what, what the psalmist is feeling and understanding what he's saying. Let it have, a, have an impact on your heart. Let it, transition a, a tra- let, us, let it transform us into the type of people that we need to be. Uh, that we can glorify His name. Uh, if you if you've not obeyed the gospel and you know what you need to do, and, and or if we can come and if we can help you in any way, please come as we stand. And sing.